Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, how's your week going? You, you... You want to know how my week is going? You showed you show weakness earlier today. Like you were, uh, you showed, we- oh, wow, you, you got the wine. <laughs> pour it up, pour it up. Let it all fall out. You, you, uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you, you showed weakness. You said that you're going through something right now. What, what are you going through? What, uh, what I can't, I can't talk about it, but it's just, personal business. Yeah. I just, I just have an opportunity and it's, it's being blocked. That's what happens. That's what happens. Your shit gets blocked like Matumbo. That's you know, exactly how it was too. Got the finger waving in my face and everything. Sometimes you have an opportunity and then that shit gets blocked. You know what you gotta do, Rach? What? You gotta fucking move on. I ain't nobody came to this podcast today, Rach. Ooh. But to can I hear have a moment? You, you asked me, can I have a moment? Because I just found out today. Can I have a moment? Have I just like moment. need I need I need I need a moment because we support it's you. It's a thing, and I need a moment. We support you. We support the hell out of you, Rach. And just let us know. Just let us know who we have to get at. You know, Trudy. <laughs> I'll, jo- I'll let you know. I'll keep. I'll keep Trudy, that in mind. Our producers, Trudy Joseph and Donnie Beecham, Don the Dragon Beecham. They are. <laughs> they are ready. We ready to be out in these streets, man. We ready right, to be out in right. these streets. I'm just looking for some good news later. You know, we got the draft on tonight. I got good news for you. Give me some good news. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Rory and Maul have returned to the Joe Budden podcast. Okay. You, you gonna do my niggas like that? You said like you had good news for me. That is good, good news. I don't listen to the podcast I barely know who Rory and Mal are. Now I know who they are, but I'm just saying. This, so it, it in I'm no way, is... it in no way benefits me. It in no way changes my day, my mood, okay. my opinion. Well, when I said good news for you, I didn't mean it was good news for Rachel Lindsay. I just meant it was good news <laughs> for you. But they came. But everybody's talking about it. They came back to the Joe Budden podcast. Good for them. And had it is good. It was a good reunion. They came back in a in a in a good way. I'm assuming. I'm not gonna say it was a good reunion. Oh wow! Okay, no. I, tell I'm gonna me say about that it. they tell back. Me about it. I'm gonna say that they back. First of all, I want to say one thing that's really important. Shout out to Rory and Maul. In a major way, shout out to them. Okay. For six weeks going on, they were away from a podcast oh that my they God, built was it that long. Yeah, that oh, they wow. built, and um. Things were up in the air, and the entire Joe Budden fan base, uh, Joe Budden podcast fan base, didn't know what was going on. And there was what I would imagine would be intense and immense pressure mm-hmm. on both of those guys to say something or to act out or to, or to whatever. And they kept it pushing. 
Loyal. They kept it pushing. They kept their emotions in check as men. Not that men have to keep their emotions in check. Men, if you want to cry, cry. But the reality is that they didn't talk a lot of shit. They just worked behind the scenes, and now they are back on their podcast. Now, anybody that listened to the reunion of everybody on the podcast yesterday, I it, it, I came away from it not knowing anything more <laughs> than what I knew from the beginning. Will they uh, be back next week? I certain. I, I okay. assume that they okay. will. I think they okay. they're back. They're back. They're back. Okay. So I still don't really know why things went left in the first place. And they just say business and respect, which is you know it's fine, good enough for the audience. And things were tense when they came back together. I'm not gonna lie, man. Things were mm. tense and things were said that you wouldn't think would be said oh. when things have been smoothed over. But look, maybe they're not smooth. Well, they might not. They might not be. They admitted that much on the podcast. They're not. They're not smooth right now. Okay. But in the future, so they'll why? Be smooth. Why? Why were they gone for six weeks? Did they at least explain that? What happened? Just so our viewers Not know, so I know. Really, okay. they didn't oh, see. I, see, still, if you were to it, ask, if you were to ask, like a listener of the Joe Budden podcast, well, what happened? And they're still, no one's ever really talked about that. And look, they're friends, so there might be some things that are going on that are interpersonal that they don't really owe people an explanation for. And I oh. respect that. Right. Like if if that was us, you better not be telling our personal business. The only pro- the only difference about that is that we also. Um, don't get on the podcast and then talk about other people's business either. Like, I'll be right. honest with you. I is that was, what they do? Well, not all the time, obviously. Okay. I mean, their podcast is a great podcast about a bunch of different things. But okay. um, I, like, my name has been brought up on the Joe Budden podcast about private phone calls that I've made to Joe without oh. him even telling me. And Why so are we to, talking about Joe then? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But what I'm saying is, it, it seemed to be a place to go to where, uh, you know, there was this violent transparency and this, like, crazy keeping it real. And I'm not saying they're not doing that. I'm just saying there's probably some people in the audience that are taken aback by the fact that they feel like they're part of the crew and they still don't really know what all of this was over. But even with Rory and Ma, what I told them uh, each individually when I would talk to them is that, man, you don't want to throw away 10, 15-year friendships. Absolutely not. You don't want to throw away 10, 15 year friendships, especially over a podcast that's like one of the most popular podcasts yeah, in the no. space in the culture. So you don't want. To but throw away Rory 10, and Mal, years. if you if you ever want to talk, you gotta you gotta you have an open mic here. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. It's a big deal. It was a big deal. I think a lot of people were happy to see sure. him back. That's not to say that you know. Uh, there was, wasn't some entertaining stuff happening. I didn't listen to the podcast in between, and that's no shot to Ice and Ish. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people, I'm not, not sure. I know a lot of people loved him. But, um, yeah, man, things are things are back the way they're supposed to be on the JBP. We'll see how things will go from here. It was just a big story, so I just wanted to shout out to those guys. because uh, Yeah, those are your you friends. Know. Yeah. Dude. When I say between Rory and Maul, Maul and Rory, two absolute stand-up guys. Two stand-up guys. That's great. Two good dudes. Two two good dudes. So happy for them. Uh you're not gonna tell us what's going on with you. That's okay. That's okay. Keep it in. Hold it in. I I, I honestly can't. You I, can't. I like to, just to be honest, I can't. I, I'll Paperwork. tell you off air. Paperwork. That's fine. All right. Uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work. 
errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay. Uh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has opinions. And, you know, I love Steve Harvey. Uh, I love Steve Harvey. Oh, by the way, we should say that we have a guest on the podcast today. Yes. Um, Fred from Media Takeout, the the owner and CEO, the founder of Media yeah. Takeout, is going to be on the podcast today. It's going to be the Spider-Man meme, like me from TMZ pointing at Media Takeout, asking all the tough questions, some questions that only I could really ask because I have the knowledge. Wow. Uh, I wasn't. Now, uh, I wasn't a part of the interview, y'all. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But we're gonna have that interview in a second. But first, we gotta talk about Steve Harvey. 2010 interview. Steve Harvey resurfaced, in which he expressed that I men love how people and dig women. Up these interviews. 2010. <laughs> I mean, if you 2010 interview, men okay. and women uh, can't be platonic friends. Mm, he doesn't think that that's possible. He said. We remain your friends in the hope that one day there'll be a crack in the door, uh, a chink in the armor, and trust, Steve says. And believe that guy that you think is just your buddy will slide in that crack the moment he gets the opportunity because we've got to think this way. 99.9% of us think this way. So with everything that's going on in the world, uh, we are going to have this analog basic 1998 conversation again. Can men and women be friends is what we're going to talk about again because you know, Steve Harvey's talking about it. So I'll, I'll ask you this. We'll, we'll, we'll run back on it. Rachel, well, I mean, is Steve it, Harvey it right? Sh- it sh- well, here, it's not even going back to it. Obviously, if it's coming back up again, it's a question that people, it, people are still at odds about. It's a question right. people don't really know the answer to. And I think sure. it depends on... Who are the people that are involved? I think it depends on your age. I just think age is very on, important. Like it, it's, it's totally different. I will preface this by saying I like Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's my guy. I used to do a bit on his show. I used to I do a Steve Harvey show. You Shout like out him, huh? to it. I used to do these, he used to do these round tables where it was like a women's, women's talk. That's not what it's called. That's not what it was called. I can't remember the exact name of it. Um, women, let the women talk. Let the I women have, they say. I can't say. remember what it was called. It's, it was not called that, but he would sit there. We, we right. talk about a question like this. Can men and women be platonic friends? Right. And uh, or have a platonic relationship, mm-hmm. and so like three women would be on a panel and we'd sit and we'd talk about it. I used to come on to the show and do this all the time. Um, so all that to say, I think it depends. I have guy friends, and this is where you come in. I, I, I he's 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 saying men are the problem. Right, men are the reason that there can't be a platonic relationship, not the women. So really, I need to hear from you because I would say I absolutely have had platonic relationships my entire life. I I grew up having more guy friends than I had female friends. One of those nah. girls, huh? Yeah, I was one of those girls, whatever <laughs> that means. I was one of those girls. And I'm sure there were some of my guy friends that if I had said, you want to take it to another place, they would have absolutely okay. said yes. Okay. So I'm that's, sure. So, that, so th- th- that's why this question doesn't make any sense. Okay? So th- I'll tell you why the question doesn't make any sense. Number one, I'm 41 years old, happily in a relationship, mm-hmm. 
Right. Of course, of course, I can have female friends. I have amazing, strong, talented female friends. Of course, I can have female friends. Number one. Now, at 25, could I have been friends? It depends on what we mean. If you're saying friends and you're defining it as in people that you would not sleep with. I think that's what he means. Then the at the then the percentage of women that I was friends with when I was 25 that I would not sleep with if given the opportunity is 0%. <laughs> when, when I say that's 0 why I think you have to answer. Zi- like 0%. But see, I don't I don't think that that means that we can't be friends. I'm not talking about the sex. I'm talking about the the question is, would I pursue this with them? I I get I 100% get you. Right. So the question is like absolutely we could always always it's like what Steve said is not true. It's like I'm just waiting for a crack in the door. Right. I'm just waiting for a crack in the door. I'm waiting for a crack in the door. No, there's plenty of female friends that I have that I wasn't waiting for anything. We all just chilling, cool, kicking it. But now, if she cracked the door, I'll I'll drive a fucking bus through that bitch. If she cracked the door. But but yeah, so I, I, I think, of course, you could be female friends. And I think... It, the answer is too easy to just say you would would you not sleep with this person yeah, well then well it's like if i offer you a piece of candy world's finest chocolate world's finest if, I chocolate. You, if i offer you world's finest chocolate are you gonna say yes or no it's like yeah. i'm offering you i'm offering you something so that's why yes it's a flawed question if you offer it oh who's gonna be like no you know what i respect our friendship too much to do no of there's some of those guys gonna do it there's some of they're those lying. guys. They're, they're lying. Now they're, they're there's lying. A, there's a couple of those guys. I'm going to say I wasn't one of them. But this whole thing <laughs> that we're all just lurking, waiting for the right moment, is not true. At least for I me. Agree. That we're all just work like 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 lurking, waiting for the right moment for somebody to slip up and crack that door. That sounds a little weird. But look, I understand. So Steve is. First of all, I wonder what this makes, how this makes you feel if you're like a female friend of Steve Harvey's. Well, he doesn't have any. So that's that's, what he said? Well, there's the problem. There are women who probably think there is. (laughs) And he's flat out like, I don't have any. Back then, he said, and maybe he's changed, he doesn't have female friends because he can't. That's literally what he was saying. Well, I guess I can understand that because if you're talking about female friends... Like, what's a friend? Like, it, 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 like a female friend that you just go and you hang out with? Right, like not a coworker. Yeah. Not, not a, but like, do you have a female friend you confide in? No. See? Well, then maybe you don't have it, a friend like that. Well, well, but I don't confide. I'm not much for confiding, you know? Okay. I pay I have a lot a, I have of a people. a male friend who. Ooh, interesting. No, I have a male friend who I grew mm. up with. I've known since nine. I stood in their wedding. Wow. Um, I'm 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 close with the wife too. I stood on her side, not his side. It's a whole love basketball cool with situation. Him, and yeah. we are oh, very we are very close friends. Mm-hmm. And have I mean, ever, like I don't I don't tell ever, him. I've never told him something that I haven't told Brian. It's not like that. But I'm just saying, like, have you ever that's cuddled? Important for me to establish. Have no. you ever cuddled with him? <laughs> no. You never cuddled no. with him. Never cuddled. Never cuddled. Sorry. Not one cuddle. 
Not one cuddle. Not a congratulatory spoon in any way. Uh, maybe a congratulatory hug. Yeah. It And that's kind of where the thing gets weird because also there are distinctions in friendship between uh, men and women, right? Like women are much more affectionate with one another. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I hug my boys and, you know, we, we hug a lot, you know, but like girls cuddle each other. So then the question becomes. I don't cuddle my girlfriends. You've never so. cuddled one of your girlfriends. I cannot recall. So you've maybe never. Maybe she was crying and I hugged her and I gave her a hug. Sure, maybe. I, so you've never had a sleepover with one of your girlfriends. You guys stay up late to watch Waiting to Exhale and you guys no. are <laughs> cuddled up. No. <laughs> Does that not happen? Did I make that up? I, I mean, I'm sure it happens. Trudy. But don't, but don't stereotype that we all do that. Trudy. Trudy. Hold on for a second. We get Trudy on here. <laughs> Trudy, do you ever do you ever cuddle with your girlfriends? You guys ever cuddle? With my friends? I mean, yeah. yeah. Me and my friends See? definitely in college. I have a friend, my best friend, Diamante, always wanted to cuddle with me, and she hated it because I would never did. See, but I'm Trudy. Trudy, I wouldn't be cuddling. But you, yeah. now, 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 Trudy, you broke down and you cuddled with her, though, right? Yeah, because she wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> I, I've really never, I'm trying to think, I might have held a friend like who might have been crying or something, but like what I'm talking about. I've I just I don't think I've ever done that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a legit cuddle when you're watching Clueless. Oh no. Like see just like a random, like a goofy cuddle, yeah, but like a random over just watching movie I've never What's a goofy cuddle? Like explain to me the different explain to me the different cuddles, Trudy Joseph. I think it's my friend. They knew that I wasn't the most affectionate person in the world, and they always would just try to bother me by hugging me or wanting right. me or wanting to cuddle with me. So goofy cuddle. Okay. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is that if you have that situation, and then you have the female friend, and is cuddling, then what if the female friend wants to cuddle? Can you have a platonic cuddle with a female friend? Sure. I don't think so, Rachel. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it. All right, I I've never done it either. I, you can, can you have a platonic cuddle I with a free I, 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 You You set it up like you can. I don't know. I've never done it no. before. Trudy says yes. No, 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 no. I'm saying male to female friend. Oh, can a man? Let me ask you a question. Clear question. Know. Can a man and a woman have a platonic cuddle? I've totally slept in the bed with guy friends before. Oh, okay. All right. This is pre Brian. Is this and, I'm, and it's not the friend and it's not the friend that I was talking about so, before. So this is like college. When you like so college. are you talking about like you sleep like head to feet? Like No. All right, Rachel. Okay. In college. All right. Okay, Rachel. Yeah. You talk about whatever like... you So so <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about so you didn't sleep like head to feet. You slept both of you guys' head are up there. And you guys went to sleep. Yeah. All right. Just I'm telling you, it's you know, I'm telling you, that's 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 a tough one. That's I get a tough it. one. And I was single. I wouldn't do that if I was with somebody together. Of course. I'd be obviously, like that's that's not a good look, and nobody <laughs> will believe me. Right. Nobody would believe me. Right. But yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying it's it's not that the guy is going to do something. It's just I'm just saying. There are body functions, bodily functions that are involuntary. Like only the things that will happen. You need to you need to explain that. I'm saying if you're if you're that sounds really bad. Well, I'm saying if you're in college, right, and mm-hmm. you're in, uh, you're touching 
with like uh, why you gotta be touching in the bed? We ain't sleeping in a twin day bed. What kind of bed was you had a uh, like a, a a king bed in it was college? Like a king. People have oh. apartments, Van. People have oh, okay. apartments. I went in the dorms. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, in a, in a king bed. By the way, I still wouldn't do that. That's still playing with fire. But I get the, it. But you know, do you know that it doesn't have to be any touching? That just the proximity, the energy of the situation, can 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 make biology take its course. Okay, but just this just is the, sounding really bad. How to fix it? How you're making it seem like a man can't control himself? No, 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 since the seventh or eighth grade, we had to come to the hard determination that there were certain things that we cannot control. You just have to be like, hey, down boy, this isn't gotcha. the situation. All right? I get that. All right, moving on that from I Steve get. Harvey. Moving on from it because uh, we love you, Steve Harvey. Still don't know where you stand on President Trump because you just kind of look Really? Oh, ahead. that's a, I don't know about all that. You didn't know that Steve Harvey was. Oh, oh he did go to, he did go, he did go see him. Yeah, right? He, did, he, he went did. to Wyoming. He did. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, right, shout right, out to Steve right. Harvey, though. Uh, we like you. Whatever. All right. Uh, now, guys, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our interview with Fred for Media Takeout, uh, one of the most popular urban gossip slash tabloid sites on the entire internet. Um, and me and him are going to, me and him, Rachel, gonna, we're going to bro down and, and talk about all the different things because all three of us have been involved in celebrity news. Sure. So we're going to talk about it with Got Fred Media Takeout say. after this break. All right, we are now joined by someone very important in the world of the internet and somebody who's really changed the landscape of uh, internet news uh, in a very, very unique way. Uh, uh, Because of some of my past affiliations, I almost feel like we cousins in a way. Uh, We are joined by the founder of a very notorious site called Media Takeout. And the founder of that site is named Fred Mwangagahunga. Fred, my brother, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us on Higher Learning. It's great to be here and I'm doing great. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, so I described Media Takeout, which uh, is a, a tabloid site on the internet, as notorious. Okay, first of all, how do you, do you agree with the fact that Media Takeout is notorious. And do you agree with the characterization of Media Takeout uh, as a tabloid? Um, I think, I mean, we call it entertainment news. And, you know, I think that when when people hear entertainment news, depending on who you are, you know, if you don't like celebrity news and celebrity gossip, then maybe you think of it as notorious. I mean, that's more so from the outsider's perspective. If if that's the way that they want to see us as, you know, it's it's what it is, and we don't run away from it. Mm-hmm. So I want to take it back because I found this interesting. I always find it interesting when I meet a recovering attorney. That's what I like to call you. You practice law, and then you made this transition to create this media takeout and everything that it is, starting back in, in 2006, right? Around 2006. 2006. Yeah, that's right. How did you make the decision to make that transition? Don't and I know you probably get this all the time. People are like, how do you go from law to doing that? But I mean, what you started is, you know, it changed the game. Yeah. I mean, when I was a lawyer, I, I loved it. I loved the practice. I loved the people. I loved going to law school. I loved everything about it. But it wasn't really me, right? Like I, you know, some, most I of my, my friends that have 
both my friends that were successful lawyers, they wanted to be lawyers when they were six and, you know, they studied, they were reading law books in high school. I just was one of those guys that did really well in college, but wasn't smart enough to go to medical school. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to go to law school. And so, (laughs) you bunch of dumbass lawyers. It's the truth, Rachel, you know it. Um, and, and so, you know, so I knew that this was, you know, that if I was going to be kind of as successful as I possibly could, I had to be true to myself. And so it wasn't so much about whether or not I enjoyed the practice of law or the like, it was whether or not this was where my skills were going to be taken full advantage of. And I knew that wasn't the case. So, and I knew that wasn't the case from the day one practicing law. So from day one practicing law, even though I had a great time and met a lot of great people, I was always in the back of my mind thinking about what it was that I was going to do that was going to kind of um, be my career. And it wasn't going to be law. I knew that. Mm. Uh, So you guys claim at Media Takeout to be the most visited urban website in the world. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers here. It says Media Takeout reaches 92% of the overall African-American population with access to the internet daily. Wow, big numbers. Because of that claim, what sort of responsibility being a black run organization, do you feel like Media Takeout has uh, in its reporting? Do you feel a responsibility to portray black celebrities or black culture in a certain light? Or is it people do what they do and you guys just cover it? I think what, from our standpoint, um, and we get our cues always from the public. I think there's there's this misconception out there that the public wants to see black people acting crazy and black people acting foolish and stuff like that. That's what people, the, 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 the kind of, misconceived perception of the public is. But in fact, the public doesn't like to see that. And so when you think about it, think about how many times people do get out of hand and then they go viral on social media and then they face a a big backlash, particularly from the African-American community. And not the African, but not like a couple of activists in the African-American community, the African-American community at large, right? So, you know, the, 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 it's starting from the perception that black people, African-Americans, we actually don't like to see craziness to us. I mean, we, everybody likes to see craziness, but there is a level past which we're not comfortable seeing. And so, you know, that level that Black people are uncomfortable seeing ourselves as is the level that we try and hold to media takeout. Now, if we're talking to an activist or someone that's out there, you know, um, that's doing something different, their line is a little bit further, you know, closer or, 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 or to the left of maybe where we and the general public is. And so that's those are the people I think that you hear a lot of the criticism from, the activist so, type people. So let me ask you this question then. Uh, I'd, I'd say you also probably get some criticism, some fair criticism from the celebrities themselves. But is it fair to say, if I was going to sum that up, that you feel like media takeout holds itself to the standard that black society holds itself to? Yeah, that 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 right. I think that's 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 right, right? But with the understanding that black society is not this place where we just want to see the craziest stuff out there, which is like I said, that's the perception. So when you say that, it's kind of like people are like, oh well, we have to change the way black society um, looks at itself or or what we're willing to accept for about ourselves. But I think we have a very strong um, foundation. And we're not, we, we're not the kind of people that is okay with seeing craziness. Now, if this was, if we were a site that was marketed and the, and the majority of people that were reading it were not black, right? then I think, I think that the conversation would be a little bit different. 
But since we're actually, we've actually have been accepted over the last 16 years by black people, I think that tells you a lot about the boundaries that we've, we hold. Let me ask you this. I, I, when you're talking about boundaries, because I'm always curious about this when it comes to entertainment sites, where do you draw the line when it comes to the information that you're putting out there? When it, when it comes to breaking news, for, for example, when, when Kobe Bryant passed away, you had that information out before the family had that information. Or even going into Bachelor World, you've got the reality Steves who put out this information and he's outed people in their sexuality before they've even had a chance to tell family and friends. When it comes to breaking news like that, do you have a line that you draw? Is there something that's, that goes too far or that's too much for you? Yeah, I mean, there there always are things that go too far. And I think it falls within the realm of common decency, right? Like the, the stuff, the public will, I mean, whenever you're running any kind of business, your customers will tell you when they're doing, you're doing something that they don't like, right? So we're constantly, it's a, it's a two-way communication, right? Like we're putting things out there, we're listening to the response that we're getting back from the people, and we're trusting that the response that we're getting back from the people is that check on us. And so, you know, it, it, I think a lot of times when you look at a particular story, it's easy to kind of get it mixed up. And let me give you a perfect example of that, right? Like you have a story about, um, one story that just off the top of my mind, there was a young man, I think it, he was in South Carolina and um, he was found dead in a field in South Carolina, right? So we talked about the story and, and someone happened to kind of come across the body in the field on social media and kind of take a video of the body in the field. That it wasn't anything gruesome, but it just was clear that there was a body in the field, right? And so that, that video ended up going viral and we wrote a story about that 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 um, viral video that went on, where here you had this young man that was um, that the body was there, and the person who who videotaped the 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 the, the body said that the that the young man appeared to be murdered in the in, in South Carolina. When we put the video out, within kind of minutes, everyone was like, "Oh my God, media take out what you're doing. You're being extremely salacious." You're gratuitously posting videos of dead bodies on the video. You're um, you're uh, you're you're doing crazy stuff. Out, you, you know, you're just doing this for clicks and for nothing else, right? That was the initial response from a lot of people that saw it. Now, eventually, what ended up happening is very quickly after that young man passed, the police in South Carolina came together and they ruled his death as suicide, even though there was clear stuff in that video that made you question whether or not that young man in fact committed suicide. He was an African-American uh, young man who was, who, was, who was said to commit suicide. Long story short, I mean, the, the family right now is in fact fighting to get that, uh, that uh, suicide removed and have his, his death investigated as a homicide. And in large part, the reason why they were able to do it is because of the backing that they got from social media and other places from the media takeout story. So like I said, when you look at the video, the story and everything from day one, you can get a certain perspective of it and you might just jump to conclusions, oh, they're doing this or they're doing that or you know, they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. But after you get a little bit of time, you get some perspective, you can step back after maybe a month or two months or three months. A lot of times you really begin to change your opinion on what the story is. So from our perspective, it's a little bit, it's difficult, right? Because you're trying to decide what to do in the moment, um, but you can't necessarily 
let that let kind of you, the immediate reaction of the public determine how and what kind of stories you put out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about that is, is to follow up on that is see, I've been in these rooms before and I know sort of a distinction that gets made there. Now let's take the entire example of the story that you just used. Right. So it turned out that because of uh, the exposure to the video that people had that the family is able to fight back and against the suicide ruling and get it investigated as a homicide. Right. Uh, that in that case could, could be totally happenstance. See, the reason why you put the video on the site matters. If the reason why you guys put the video on media takeout was because you believed that there was foul play there and you wanted to raise awareness about the fact that this kid was murdered, then most of the times that media takeout does what it does, they'll be on the right side of it. But if the reason why the video goes up on the site is because it is a video that is going to drive people to media takeout for a traffic perspective, and it just happened that in this case it worked out that it helped the family, then that means that most of the time media takeout is going to be wrong. And I know this for certain because I've been in spots to where the question is being asked, why are we getting ready to post this? And that that's kind of the question that I would say. So the question I'm asking is, forget about what happened at the, at the end of it. Why was the video posted in the first place? Was it posted because people at media takeout believed that this kid was murdered and they were trying to help his yeah, family? That was, or was it posted because it was a viral look, video? I mean, remember, media takeout doesn't, you know, we're not just posting, you know, videos of people getting killed, right? Like if, if we're going to post a video on the site, it's going to be about celebrities and cele- doing celebrity stuff. Or it's going to be in kind of in, in kind of a social justice kind of thing. Maybe it's a police video, police uh, uh, misconduct or something like that. Or, or maybe it's just it's just it's a, it's a trend video, right? Like there was a, you know, 12 people, you know, got into a fight or at, a, at, a, um, at an IHOP in Jacksonville. And this is just on everyone's, you know, it's everywhere. It's in the Jacksonville News or whatever else like that. But this this sure. happened to be one of the. Uh, one of the areas where we were looking at it as truly like a social justice story, right? Like the backlash, it's hard, you know, for a lot of people, they look at it and they're like, oh my God, really media takeout, really? You were, just, you were looking at it as a social media uh, thing. You just were just kind of doing it and putting out these videos. But we're not Worldstar, right? Like Worldstar is a place for that to just put up whatever kind of crazy videos that are out there and doing it. So you but make a distinction a... between media takeout and Worldstar because you well, just kind of threw Worldstar down. I'm asking. Well, so what are you? Fred, you're yeah. right. There's a difference. Right. Speak Remember, on Remember, we're a news site, right? Like, so we're reporting on a news story. They're just putting up a video, right? Like, so you could put up any video. They're, they're about viral videos. User-generated viral videos. They'll tell you that. They're open gotcha. about it. And that's what they do, right? Like, we're reporting on news stories. So if a, a viral video isn't a news story, right? Like a boy in, Missis, in, 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 uh, in South Carolina that could potentially have been murdered that everybody is kind of uh, presuming is a suicide, that's a news story to us. And the video is a part of the story, right? Gotcha. Um, so Media Takeout launched in 2006. At the time, 2006, what was around? Just Facebook, right? I don't even, I'm late to the Twitter sphere, so I don't even know when Twitter started. I think there was YouTube and there was MySpace. MySpace was big. Facebook but like, had, but like the social media was just Facebook because that was like 2004. Yeah, so, it was like, 
so since you don't then, consider MySpace to be social media? Facebook changed the game. I right? know, like but I yes, but it, Tom from MySpace but, right now. Excuse me for a second, okay. Fred. No, 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 Tom. I don't. I don't care right about now. offending Tom right is, now. Is, okay, is, where's is Tom? Very upset. Where's Tom? Where's Tom? Tom is somewhere having with a, a Facebook page. Somewhere with a Facebook page and an IG. That's where Tom is. Okay, Fred. So at the time you started Media Takeout, there were like social media hasn't become what had not become what it is right now. I'm very curious. Does a social media or social media becoming what it what it has become in 2021 does that help or hurt sites like Media Takeout? I think it changes the business significantly, right? Like so, mm -hmm. before social media, people would just say, "Oh, where are we going to get the news? We're going to get the news from you know six or seven different blogs that we'll go mm -hmm. to, and that's that's kind of where it is, right?" And then social media came, and then. You didn't have to go anywhere. All you had to do is basically pick up your phone and the news is basically delivered to you. And you don't even necessarily know where or care where it's coming from. It's just kind of on your phone and you're just swiping and swiping and getting all the news that it is. So you had to adjust your model. You had to recognize that news is kind of a commodity business. And that's largely the way that blogosphere worked before, where there was 15 different news stories that were out there in the world. And you kind of put your snarky commentary on it and that was the reason why people kind of came back to you. But the, the news, the subject matter was basically a commodity. It wasn't anything that you created. It wasn't anything that you did. It wasn't any, it was something that was out there in the ether that they could have gotten any place, but they happened to choose you because they liked the language in your blog title or something. So that's the way it was before. Now with social media, they, the commoditization of news has kind of come full steam. So the, the 10 or 15 news stories that are out there over the course of the day are almost valueless, right? So the news stories that, you know, whatever the news story of today is, I, I, I don't even know necessarily, but whatever the 10 top news stories of today are, you cannot make any money off of it, you know, outside of social media or whatever, right? Like you can't just put them on your, you can't just put the 10 news stories of, of the site of the day on your site, write a couple of, you know, interesting headlines and whatever, and expect to have a business out of it. Those days are over. So what do you have to do? outside of it, right? Like, so social media, now everyone can have all the news stories that they want. They can have all the images that they want, right? Because the images are all on social media. But the question is, what do they, what can't they get from social media? And what they can't get is what you have to focus on in your business if you're gonna to continue to survive and thrive in this industry. And I would argue that that is, that, 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 that is shrinking because I, I can tell you straight up, there was a time when you know, if a celebrity had a baby, the way for them to get the baby name out or the pictures was to was to do an exclusive spread with people, leak it to a site, give you the name or whatever. Now they go straight to their Instagram with that. Yeah. And it, and so it is really the black play. You're talking about things really from a journalistic standpoint that involve the police. If you have people inside police departments um, and videos and things like that that are exclusive that you really cannot get. Uh, which leads me to my next question. In terms of an accuracy standard, what is the standard that media takeout is held to? I think with any site that's categorized as a tabloid, the first thing that people are going to say is that they're putting up stuff uh, that isn't true. How much do you guys care about the accuracy of the stories that go up on media takeout? 100%. I mean, we want nothing but the truth out there. Right. And I think and, and th I think you'll be able to appreciate this. I think mm -hmm. that there is what the public thinks the truth is. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's the real truth, which oftentimes doesn't mirror it in any in any resembling way, right? And I think people, and I get the perfect example of this is, so over the course of the summer, we started doing a bunch of stories about kind of the fractures in Kim Kardashian and Kanye West marriage, right? It was obvious to us, we've been talking to people around them and it was clear that there was issues there. We wrote a couple of, a series of stories, particularly about that at the time. Obviously, at the, while that was going on, their camp denied everything and people fact-checked our story and was like, oh, Media Takeout is just making this up. This never happened. They're obviously trying to force this kind of divorce on this couple or this kind of fracture in the relationship on this couple. Um, and that was kind of the, the, so if you ask, if we were having this discussion maybe in November, it would be, oh, you know, Media Takeout made up this story about, you know, Kim and Kanye having a fracture in their relationship. Now, fast forward to, you know, post uh, divorce filing, it's clear that the story was in fact accurate, right? So at the time, you know, even for a week or a month after that story, if you asked people about whether or not that story was accurate, they may have told you it wasn't. But now here we are six months later along the line and you could look at it and say, oh, okay, it was. And I think that's a lot of time when people will say, oh, you said this, but it didn't happen or whatever else. You know, sometimes we get it wrong and, you know, listen, we never want to get anything wrong. It's bad for our reputation. It's bad for people, you know, if you're just consistently getting things wrong, people don't want to continue to come back to your site. So we never want to do that. Um, but at the same time, just because you don't believe that it's true doesn't mean that it isn't in fact true. And from our standpoint now, we're kind of in a dilemma, right? Like if we know something is true, but we know that the public won't believe it is true, you're kind of at this point, do you report on it? Because if you report on it, they'll just deny it and the public will say that you guys are making this thing up. So do you wanna kind of hold on to your reputation and put out, actively put out misinformation? And I have to tell you, you know, that is a gigantic problem in the industry right now. And I'm not just talking about media takeout. I talk to people, obviously I've been in the industry for a while. I talk to people at all different newspapers and, and uh, on TV news about people like, feeling like you have to put out misinformation because the public will literally not believe the truth of the matter. What do you mean you have to put, yeah, out what, misinformation? put out misinformation? What do you what mean? What does that mean? And who so does it? Call them out. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm not listening. I'm not going to not going to say anything like that. But let, let's say it was in, but the, what it, in the case. But what do, I don't even understand what that means. What does it mean by okay. misinformation? Yeah. Let's say in the case of the Kanye West, Kim Kardashian thing, let's say that we were when we wrote our, our story out there and we said, that their relationship was fractured. There were plenty of other news places out there that I'm confident were speaking to the same people with us and knew exactly that our story was accurate, that in fact wrote an exact opposite and was like, no, everything is fine in their relationship. Nothing is going on in their relationship. Nothing is, is, uh, is happening, even though they knew that wasn't true, right? If they knew that what we were writing was true and but they knew that for a number of reasons they couldn't do it or they wouldn't do it or the public wouldn't believe it or whatever, and they just put out what they did. Now, obviously, in the case that we're talking about, right, like the, the marriage of two extraordinarily talented, rich, wealthy people, there's no, you know, okay, you're, whether you say that they're together or not, there's no real implication to it. But like I said, these same implications, they happen in politic and political uh, 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 news and in other places. So 
like I said, I think it's we're in a we're in an area where you know where we're in this kind of fact checking world, where I think a lot of people in journalism understand what kind of stories the quote unquote fact checkers will like and what store what store what kind of stories the fact checkers won't like and the stories that the fact checkers won't like are just not being published and i think that's a it's a dangerous thing um uh for media and journalism let me ask you something real quick rachel's like uh, let me ask you something real quick so um i think a lot of times sometimes people don't understand how this really works like for example a lot of these things have to do with the source war right source war if I have a source that is the official spokesperson of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and I call that person, they say, "Hey, their relationship source, their relationship is fine. Whatever's not happening." Well, then that the story that I write is then true. A source close says Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are just fine. If you have a source that's close to Kanye, Kim Kardashian and West, and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, and they tell you that the relationship is fractured and you write that story, your story is also true because a source close to Kim Kardashian and Kanye West told you that they're not doing well. The question then becomes who actually has the better source and what does it take for an entity to, to, to deem a source a credible and valuable one? I'll give you a real-world example. There was a football player in Miami named Jason Pierre-Paul, right? He blew his hand up playing with firecrackers. Someone called me that I know knows him and is with him all the time and said, hey, man, Jason Pierre-Paul blew his hand up playing with firecrackers. This was hours before, hours before it would actually get confirmed, right? We tried to confirm it with everybody couldn't confirm it with anyone i my source was ironclad that it was true we could not confirm it with anyone couldn't get with his agent couldn't get with his lawyer couldn't get with anyone we couldn't confirm it and we weren't going to call the hospital and try to and get all crazy with hipaa violations which is exactly what ended up happening to the to the to the to the guy who actually did that we didn't do it so guess what we ate it on that story we did not report we had it first that that happened to him, but to their credit, they did not put that on the site that he had blown his hand up, even though we knew 100%. My question is, would you have put that on your site? Knowing that I had a good source, but we couldn't confirm it with his lawyer, his agent, his manager, or anybody official, we knew if Jason Pierre-Paul ends up not blowing up his hand, it's all in our face. Would you have run that? Uh, short answer is no. And I'll tell you that we have a similar story like that. I mean, we have a ton, tons of similar stories like that. But one I think is really similar to it. Gilbert Arenas and the shooting incident in the uh, in the, 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 uh, the locker room. Oh, a classic. The, okay. So here's our story of kind of what happened then. So after it happened, we got a rock solid source. How solid? A person that was actually in the locker room when this happened. So they saw it all. And there they swore up and down. They knew it. We had good reason to believe that they were telling the truth. So a person, this Gilbert Arena story came to us. And we were like, 
we had it. We had it. It was, it was gift wrapped. It was kind of, um, you know, it was together 100% reliable source. But we, and we never publish it. And I'll tell you why. Because that is, you know, it's one thing to talk about, you know, is so and so dating so and so, is so and so breaking up with someone, with someone else. It's something else to talk about a member of the National Basketball Association, one of their star players. You're accusing them now of a crime. And in addition to doing that, you're accusing the NBA, who largely had let it go, of covering up that crime and kind of putting it under. So there, there's that was one of those stories that even though I knew it was 100% true, there was so much smoke that was going to come with writing that story. And the NBA had already denied it, that we didn't do it. So I'll tell you what we did do. We wrote a story because I didn't, we didn't want the total smoke of that, that, article, that story going out there. We kind of watered it down. And so the story, our initial story, which was kind of the day after the incident happened, was that there was an incident in the locker room between in a gambling situation between Gilbert Arenas and one of his players. The two Mars of them fought, Right. And the two of them got into it. And allegedly, later on, the NBA found a gun in one of the lockers. So that was the kind of not saying that Gilbert Arenas had it and Gilbert Arenas pulled it out or anything like that. We kind of toned down the story. And you know what happened? The very next day, the NBA put out a press release basically saying that our story was a complete lie, that there was no gun found there, there was no security incident in the, the Washington Wizards uh, room, and that basically everything that media take out this little site is saying was a lie. And obviously we caught hell for that, right? Like we had people saying, oh, there goes media takeout again, making up stories and blah, 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 and doing whatever it is. Um, and at that point, with now the entire kind of press, the sports press, kind of putting pressure on us, basically saying that this is just a site with a whole bunch of lies, we couldn't even come up with a follow-up story to kind of mm. right the wrong on that. It was just, we just had to eat it. Then, two weeks later, the New York Post ran the full story, basically saying everything that happened in the, in the you know, between the two and basically the story that we all know now essentially came from from a, from New York Post reporting, which, like I said, not only did we have the story first, but we broke the story first. The NBA actively covered up the story that after we broke it, and then the New York the New York Post ended up holding on to it and taking that story. Can I ask y'all a question from someone who does not come from this world? I mean, like, I, I'm in it, but not like that. Who are You're these sources? Who are these sources and why do people, like I'm listening to Van tell his story. Why would this man want to call you up and tell you about what happened to Jason Pierre-Paul? Why would somebody want to call you and, and, and out what happened in the locker room with the Washington Wizards? Why do people want to do this? Is there a thrill behind this? What do they get from this? I mean, Fred, I read somewhere with you. I, I don't know if you still, if this is still the case, but a lot of your information comes from like a bitter ex-girlfriend or a bodyguard or a makeup artist or a hairstylist. Is this, are these the sources? What, like, why? Why and, and who? Who, what, when, where, why? How? So for us, I mean, we have all of those, right? Like when, we, when you're uh -huh. in the industry for a long time, what you, end, what you find is that the celebrities and the faces change, but a lot of the people from behind the scenes really have been around for a while and they stay the same. And so you've worked with them. You've had Good relationships. Maybe this is the same PR person that she, she today she represents Rihanna, you know, and 
but before she may have represented, you know, someone that you had a better relationship with and, and she was feeding you stuff all along, right? And, and in two years from now, she may be representing um, someone else. So, you know, a lot of the sources that you have, because they're people in the industry, they really stay around. But to, to, to your direct question yeah, is why would why? someone ever do this, right? And, you know, it's really, it's, it's something about human nature, right? Like most people rarely come across really, really juicy and important information. And then when you do, you, you think like, what can I do about it? Now, if it's a person on the street, the person on the street will just put it up on Instagram, right? They'll say, hey, look, I just saw, you know, Beyonce trip and fall and I got the video, here it goes with Beyonce tripping and fall, right? But that person and that, that compulsion that made that person put it up on, on Instagram is the same compulsion that we all have, right? Like you too, right? Like, so we, I can, we can leave this interview and something fantastically amazing you can see and be like, oh my God, I just, I have this information. I just saw this thing, but I'm Rachel Lindsay. I can't be putting out any old stuff because people are gonna come back to me and they're gonna be like, what's going on? And right. maybe this isn't good for my image or whatever else. So what I'm gonna do, I can't hold this in. It's too good. It's got to go out. And then you're gonna say, you know what? I had this conversation with that guy, Fred, and he was so nice. And he just really was seemed like he would take a good, he would take this story and do a good job with it. And so you would text me and you would say, Fred, do not tell anybody that I just saw this, but this is what I saw. And it's just, it's, it's something about human nature. I mean, you know, a lot of times people forget that, you know, what brings us together is culture, but a lot of it has to do with communication and kind of um, an openness uh, to share, to share information. And, and it's really something that's innate in all of us as humans. And, you know, when you find a person that doesn't have that, it's really odd, but most people, they really have it inside of them. And when they find something and they get information, they really want to share it. And a lot of times, if you're if you are a hairdresser, yeah. you can't share it on Facebook. Otherwise, you never get another job. Or if you're Rachel Lindsay, you don't want to, you know, put it out there and maybe affect your brand. But you still feel the need to share it. So you'll call me or Van or someone else, and we'll put it no, out. No, you there. won't call me. So this, <laughs> this, like this is what I'll say. But 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 to to that to the, to that point though, this is why I will never work in celebrity news ever again. So when I went to working at TMZ, I thought it was basically like extra is like they get on there and they talk, whatever, whatever. The reason why I will never work in celebrity news ever again is because there is a part of human nature that I don't want to be a part of anymore. Couldn't wait to get out of there. There's there's it's something there's something so nasty. About seeing two guys in a picture and one guy saying, hey, this is my day one and having that guy call you on the other guy. I'm not talking about any specific situation. I'm just talking about the way it goes to see people's brothers and cousins. It got to the point to where, and anybody at TMZ will tell you this. I didn't break stories anymore. I literally became just like a TV guy or only would call. It's like when I did a cool video or something like it's like, it really gets nasty. And to, and to Fred's point, sometimes it's not for no money. It's not for no bag. It's just to do it. It's wild right. to me. That's right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like if they got, if somebody got a good piece of video, then that's one thing. But sometimes it's just like you walk into a place and they know you're from there. And they're like, yo, let me tell you who was just in here. Like we'll be on the tour bus. We're driving around. Hey, around the corner. You know, you know what I mean? It's not any, to, to diss anyone. I'm just saying. 
I don't want to be around that energy no more, and I'll never do it again. It's just it, it, I, it really made me look at people differently being in there for for, for that long, and even myself because I was a fucking part of it. So for me, yeah, I'm. It, it's different for me. But what he said was right. What he said was right. Sometimes people just be talking. Yeah. Fred, okay. give, give me something to break tomorrow on Extra. <laughs> give me some breaking news. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm watching this Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. Oh, mess. I can't, Fred. <laughs> Fred, I can't. Let me tell you something. Fred, He's going to cheat on her it, again. I can't do she it. She didn't want to talk about it, Fred. Fred, Fred, break it down to her. Break it down to her. No, get yeah, her. Okay. Get, okay. Give her all the goods, Fred. Okay, so... The thing about the Tristan Thompson, obviously we know he's cheating on her before and then they, they kind of came back together. But the woman that he's chosen to kind of, that he got caught with, right? Like, these are like <laughs> the thoughtest of the thoughts. They always of are. The world. You know oh, what I mean? No, you no, guys, no, 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 stop no. it. Stop with this shaming <laughs> of women. I see what she looks like. Stop with this <laughs> shaming. It's, 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 not, it's, it's, not, it's not the way that she looks. It's just who she is. Like I don't know anything about her. Yeah. I mean, she's on there. She's talking openly, publicly about sex and all the different men that she's with and the like. Oh. It's like, like, why is he doing like it's almost like the guy must have some real compulsion. What what I the way that I look at it is if he's messing with a woman like this, there are fifty others that are gonna come out of the woodwork. And you know they're coming out, right? Like they're slowly talking. You guys, I I am genuinely uncomfortable with the (laughs) quote unquote woman like this narrative. It got nothing to do with her. He likes ass. He can't stop himself. Nothing to do with the woman. Nothing to do with the woman. I know what you're saying. You're not talking. He just means a woman who's willing to tell her business like this and put it out there. He just said everybody willing to tell their business. He's with a woman that's out here in these streets going on podcasts and talking to porn stars or whatever. I understand what you mean level right like he's not he didn't meet some you know some woman in the club that like has a regular job and then she just met him and he started dating or whatever he's with a woman that's out here a party girl and when you're out there if you you know usually men especially when you're in a relationship you're a celebrity you you try tend to have a degree of discretion so when you're choosing a side piece or whatever you're gonna try, try and find like a discreet you know, non-party girl kind of person who's not going to put your business out there like that. But he didn't. He's just reckless with it. And that makes you wonder, like, if he's if he's gone to someone like her, they're probably, and I would bet, you know, I don't know, I can't say because I don't have, you know, any real evidence on this, but I would bet that there's a lot more women. And they're all just kind of waiting. They're getting their stories together. Maybe they're talking to places like TMZ. We're not talking to any of them because I wouldn't know. Um, and they're just waiting for this kind of big reveal, right? Because whenever there's one woman, there's then there's a two, then there's 10, then there's 15, then there's 50, right? And I'm just waiting for that other shoe to kind of drop on this one. Mm. Fred, all right, my man. Look, uh, you guys keep up the bad work over there. I, 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 I love how I say that to him, but it's like that Spider-Man meme. Like you know that Spider-Man meme pointing me? No, yeah. seriously. What you what you've accomplished has been uh what you've accomplished has actually been pretty remarkable. Yeah. And um to Thank be doing it since two thousand six uh is a, an accomplishment in and of itself. I know that, you know, it's very polarizing, very uh notorious, infamous, like I said, but you know, building a business uh as a black man in this country is not easy. So you should be commended for that. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Learning today, my brother. Thank you. Thank you.
I had a great time with you guys. I'm not playing with your uncomfortableness. What? I don't the know why y'all gotta why y'all gotta word, diss no, ladies. I, no, I knew what why he y'all was, gotta diss I knew ladies. what he was saying. He was saying I'm the type Amish. of person who's gonna speak on it. I'm doing a podcast with a couple of Quakers. Listen, y'all, the word uh, thought exists for a reason. It, what, so like why are we acting like we can't use the word if the word is out there for a reason? There's a whole damn you know song the word, about it. Do, do you know what the word is out there for? You know what the reason is? Why? Patriarchy. That's the reason why the world exists. Well, what I'm saying is I knew what he meant. I know he wasn't trying to talk about like her appearance or anything. He meant somebody who puts their business out there like that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take up for him in that sense. You I don't think up? he meant I don't think he meant to be degrading. I think he meant to just say, She's out here, she's out here talking about her business yeah, like that. So Right. And just like when people are rapping the N word, they didn't he mean used- it like that. They just, they meant it as my homie, my You're homie, right. Thought is equivalent to the N-word. You're right. Shit, it's not too far off. It ain't the same. It's, it's not, not too same. far off. It's, it's not the same. It, it's something it's not you... The same. Not the same. <laughs> not the same. Not World's same. finest chocolate. Not, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> World's finest chocolate. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. All right. So uh, <clears throat> the U.S. has indicted three men uh, on hate crime charges in the death of Ahmad Arbery. Now, in the wake of the unrest following the death of George Floyd, what happened with Ahmad Arbery in Georgia almost became something mm. like an afterthought. But mm. we have to remember mm. that during that time, there were three things that sort of were working people up at the same time, and it was Ahmad Arbery first. And then it was uh, a Breonna Taylor's case coming to light, and George Floyd all at the same time. It was it was it was just a bad time, kind of almost like something that we went through in the last couple of weeks with so many different shootings happening simultaneously. So Travis McMichael and his father Gregory were charged along with the third man, William Roddy Bryant, uh, with one count of interference with civil rights and attempted kidnapping. Uh, the McMichaels are also charged with using carrying and brandishing a firearm during a crime of violence. Now, if you remember this particular story, this had happened some time ago, and the volume on Ahmaud Arbery's death only really got turned up when the video was made available to the public, when people saw the video. You saw this news, and Rachel, your thoughts were what? I got upset because, um, so yes, what happened to Ahmaud, or maybe it was his birthday, it was February, Two, two, three. Because in May, wait, fact check me on this. But what happened? Ahmad was murdered February 23rd. We got the video in May. Um, the public got the video in May. And then we ran 2.23 miles on Ahmad's birthday. Yeah. So when I found out about the them being charged with hate crimes, I was listening to CNN, I was in the office, and I heard the um, the host on, on CNN say, you guys, you guys might not remember the story, but, um, or she said something along the lines of, you guys may, may remember Ahmaud Arbery. And the way she phrased it upset me, because it was as if she spoke to us as if we forgot him. And I get that George Floyd has taken uh, precedent because of what the way we saw it uh, very like as it was happening 
Uh, we saw the way it played out, the reaction in the public. Then we just went through the trial with Derek Chauvin. Um, but for her to say it that way really bothered me. Like, no, we haven't forgotten about, about Ahmaud Arbery just because you guys yeah. aren't reporting on it. Just because it's not on your news doesn't mean that we don't remember him. And it just took me back, man. It took me back to May, right as we were starting this podcast. Seeing that video of Ahmaud Arbery rocked me the same way it did with Trayvon Martin. I was, I, I, I couldn't have been, I couldn't be controlled. Like just seeing that, I got on social, I got on my live, I was crying about it. And just the, just how she flippantly said that just reminded me that we, we have to continue in the fight to make sure that this stops happening to us because they so quickly forget about it, how it rocked a community, how it rocked a family, just because it's not on their news cycle. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I don't even remember what you asked me, but that was my thought when I, when no. I saw that. That Look. bothered me deeply because we haven't forgotten. We're still right. saying their names, whether it's on social whether it's in a march, whether it, we're, we're reading about it, whether it's in a film, we have not forgotten just because we'll, we don't talk about it. We'll never forget. And look, <clears throat> the reality is that, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but this is just another situation where the system is going to be on trial in this particular case. Uh, uh, the scrutiny that the community and a large part of America at large is going to have surrounding this case uh, is... It's going to be immense. It's, there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, there's either we're going to get to the point to where we can affect some sort of change mm -hmm. to where this stops happening or it's going to crater our society. And we're going to have to decide that. I do want to read you something okay. that is not on the rundown. It's not oh. on the rundown. All right. And it's almost segment worthy to where someone should to, to where I it's like don't be mad Van or something like that or Van relax because something that was said by Vice President Kamala Harris in recently just now a little hours ago you know the Tim Scott said last night in his response to President Biden's address to Congress after his first hundred days uh, that America is not a racist country and that made a lot of people upset people who are paying attention and looking around and saying that hey America is very much a racist country and that Tim Scott was wrong in saying this. Kamala Harris has weighed in on this about whether or not America is a racist country. She says, I don't think is America. I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak about the truth behind the history of racism in our country and its existence today. That is what uh, Kamala Harris said in reaction to Tim Scott's comments. Rachel takes a drink of wine. <laughs> No, there's no shade. No shade. What do you? What are your thoughts on what she said? She said, but we do have to recognize that America's what? We do have to recognize, uh, excuse me, uh, I don't think that America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today. Then America is a racist country. I'm sorry. You just, to me, you just said it without saying it. If you have to recognize that America was built on ideals of racism, if you have to talk about the history that has happened, not just in the last century, but this current century, century, 
then America's a racist country. And I don't know why we're afraid to say that if that's the truth. I don't care how you phrase it in the sentence thereafter. What she just said defines to me America as a racist country. So I don't have a huge issue with what she just said other than the fact that she just can't say it. Right. I mean, like it's it's almost as if people when people don't want to say defund the police, but hey, there needs to be police reform and A, B, C and D need to happen. Well, you're kind of just saying that we need to defund the police. Why are you so afraid of that terminology? Yeah, like you're afraid of that terminology because you're bootlicking. OK, but you're you're the vice president. So unless, I guess if you're trying to preserve your reputation because you plan on running in the next four years, then then. I, so, I, so here's so here's the deal. There's some bootlicking going on here, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it, it's it's disturbing. Okay, it, I'm agreeing and, with you, and I know that you are. And what I'd say is this: is like situations like this, these types of statements are made. I love Kamala Harris. I love Kamala Harris. Okay, very proud of Kamala Harris. Very proud of her. You know, there's a lot of things that were in her history, but if you look at her record overall, she reconciled those things and mm-hmm. had been reconciling them for years. So very proud of Kamala Harris. Statements like that, to me, give white supremacy a soft bed to land on. Because the one thing about white supremacy that is consistent about it, or any type of supremacy, to be honest with you, is that it defies criticism. Mm-hmm. The very criticism of white supremacy is deemed as racist to the system of white supremacy. If you if you challenge it in any way, if you set a standard in any way, if you in some way try to meet it, well, well you're fixated on race. You're the racist. You're the racist if you actually take the information about American history, add it all up, and get the equal sign of pretty racist country. Hmm. Okay? Pretty racist country. Sure. If you look at it. Now, here's the thing. Nobody has said that America is only a racist country. I think that's a very important distinction to make. No one has said America is only a racist country. Is America a country where you can, where uh, the son of a single mother from Hawaii, the mixed race single mother of Hawaii, biracial kid in Hawaii, can go on to become the president of the United States? Yeah, sure it is. Is America a country where uh, um, the son of a preacher from Georgia can go on to become one of the most important figures in world history? Yeah, of course it is. Is America a country where uh, a, 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 a little black girl can grow up to become a multi-billionaire in terms of, of, of her domination over media, have a television show, run all of these years, get Academy Award nominations? Is America that country? Sure it is. But it's also the other country. And I hope people understand that the other country, the racist one, came first. Hmm. It came first. And what we are trying to do is kill that. And we're simply not going to kill it by pretending 
it ain't so. Exactly. And so for me, the disappointment that I feel in what Kamala had to say doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I, I don't think that she knows these things. I think that she knows exactly that America is a racist country. I think she understands that. But the fact that we still fucking playing with these people. She's a politician. I I, I love her. It's not about Kamala Harris. Oh, I know you're not talking. I know know you're not attacking her as a person. Right. But but, but, like, why, after all of this, are we still playing with but these people i guess that's why my thing is when you first read it to me and i'm listening and i'm like okay she said it was racist without saying it's racist i'm not surprised by that i don't expect huh? kamala to say to stand up there and say america is a racist country she's not gonna play that she's not gonna do that well i want to she's, gonna, she's uh, gonna play well, this game she's not gonna do she's not gonna do that well, well that's fine the next person i elect they're gonna have to say it yeah. I need somebody it to say it and be like, look, we need to we need to get a we need to get a handle on this and we're not gonna get a handle on it by pretending it ain't so. Without God recognizing it. it. I think we have all learned that. You gotta recognize what is to change it. All right. Very true. Very true. All right, Trudy. You know what? You know what, Trudy? Seriously. Like, we don't have a lot of time. It, the reality Play the song, Trudy. The reality Trudy dropped the song because it's <laughs> mailback time. Bring it. Bring the song. Trudy, now. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. Okay, so first question um, from Shaminso M. Where's one place in the world you won't travel and why? Then she says, example, uh, I guess, I don't even know if this, I don't know if Shamiso is a, a female name or a male name. And, but it's a, it says uh, Australia because of bugs or snakes. Like she's not going to go to Australia because of bugs or snakes. Oh, she gave but, an example? Yeah. Is, it a, is this a man or a woman, Shamiso? It's a woman. Okay, yeah. So she went. She's not going to Australia because of bugs and snakes. She's scared of them. Okay. Well, for me, I'm not going to go anywhere like cold, <laughs> super cold. I don't know. There's not. I don't know. I'm not going to go to Russia. No desire to go to Russia. No desire to go to Russia. No desire to go to Russia. Uh, Croatia's beautiful. Not Shout Russia. Out. It's very true. It's not Russia. <laughs> no desire to go to Russia. I have no idea why you just said that. I'm just saying because I always <laughs> <laughs> some people. The reason I said that somebody showed me his picture and it was this beautiful fucking place. Oh, this also yeah. shows you. This also shows you how the news and the media can skew your perception of something. When you think of Croatia and me growing up, you think of this worn, torn, war torn place with bombs yeah. exploding. Yeah, it was like a big time. I had conflict. a homie that played basketball over there, so I've like known it was a beautiful place for a while. Sleeping in bed with him? No, not that one. Okay. I I dated him, so no. Wow. So wow. yes, but oh, whoa, no. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> Russia's a good answer. Shout out to all the Russians out there, but I don't really have a desire to go to Russia. <laughs> uh, okay, come on, Next Trudy. Next question from Brandy Mist. If you and if. 
If you slash your life had a theme song, what would it be? Easy. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Boom, baby. It is the, because it's just like me. I can't Seal. It's out of left field. It's quirky. It's it's memorable. It's over the top. It's all of those things. Kiss from a Rose by Seal would be the song. No, I need a set of vibe. Like, I either need somebody to be singing, like, Bad Mamma Jamma or something. No, horrible. Or, of course you're going to say horrible. Or, like... <laughs> I'm just joking. Like Sorry. a, I don't know, like a real chill vibe, like like a Money Trees or something. Oh, Money Trees is a good idea. How about, right? like, how about like a Rock? Okay, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> like a rock. I love that, that fucking what song. What commercial was that for? It used to be on the goddamn uh, the truck commercial. <laughs> I, like, I love that. Man. Man, like that's a, good a rock. <laughs> and oh, there was one. Uh, somebody fly, find this commercial for me. There's a commercial that legitimately used to make me emotional, and it was a beer commercial. This guy walks into. It's like a Coors commercial with the horses. No. And this, I think it's Coors or Budweiser. It might be Coors. And this guy uh, is in a bar. And for some reason in this bar, he starts singing Rocky Mountain High. And I don't know why. And then this black woman joins in while he's singing Rocky Mountain High. And then the whole bar starts singing Rocky Mountain High. I don't know if this was after John Denver's passing or whatever, but I'm going to listen to that shit when I, when I, when I go on my next walk. I love <laughs> I that fucking that song. Yeah, you but it was you in commercials. I, swear. I love commercials. <laughs> I'm on antidepressants. Commercials make me emotional. All right, uh, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> from Jamie, since starting the pod, what's the most impactful thing you learned from your co-host? All right, this is the last question. Um, <laughs> Somebody clearly uh, doesn't want to answer this question. Uh, what's the most impactful thing I've learned from my um, co-host? I've learned seriously. I've learned myriad things from Rachel. I've learned a lot of things. I think the most impactful thing that I've learned from her is specifically what it's like to be, to have composure and grace in the middle of everyone talking about you. And Mm. just kind of like, just seeing the way she goes about how she would, I joked about it the entire time, but just seeing the way she went about things when all of that stuff was going on, it's like, yeah, there's a way to handle stuff and there's a way to not handle it. And I, I think that's kind of the most impactful thing that I've learned. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. You know what? I needed to hear that. It makes them uncomfortable, y'all. I would say it's going through with you and sharing with the audience and me learning as well the journey of your mental health. Oh, yeah. Because when we started this podcast, I didn't even realize what you were going through and what you were struggling with. And then for you to be so open with me, with all of us about what you go through, I know it hasn't just helped me, it's helped somebody else. And so like, I appreciate that. And I think that that's something that, a part of the podcast that people love and that people who have known you for years really maybe not, didn't know about, about yeah. you, you know? Yeah, very true, very true. Okay, Rachel, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Oh no, I forget about that segment. That's, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry y'all. I'll, I'll, I'll do better. Did we take it off pause? But yeah, we, uh, not really. I don't know. We didn't tell. We we can bring it back next week. But uh, okay. Did but you yeah. have one? If you have I, one, I want to give somebody their flowers. I do. I do have one. Okay. 
the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences. You know what? Unexpected ally of the week. We appreciate you crazy bastards for everything <laughs> that you did. All right. Uh, Rach, uh, I'll be recording from Hawaii next week. I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. I don't know if you're just giving me information or bragging, but I'm I'm happy for you. Y'all y'all see how dedicated to the podcast he is? No days off. No days Gonna off. Gonna take us with him on vacation. The, first, first vacation. Time, first, first time, time ever been in Hawaii. First time uh, ever been in Hawaii. I'm so jealous. I've never been. Never, never been in Hawaii? Can't wait to talk to you about it. Nope. Yeah, but the, the judge didn't take you guys, you know, on a, a, a tramp steamer uh, to Hawaii? The judge has gone to Hawaii without us. The he judge, my mom, my mom and my dad went. Oh, I thought you were saying that the judge went to Hawaii by himself. I was about no, to say, oh, he wouldn't shit. do that. He's All not right. like that. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Uh, that's it. Take your think caps off, but do not stop learning. Higher learning is over for today. Uh, I am Van Lathan. I am Rachel Lindsay. Shout out to our producers, Donnie Beecham and Trudy Joseph. We are out.